It's good to see each of you here again this morning. And we're glad too for the presence of Jesus here through his Holy Spirit. I wondered too a little bit, and I'm not going to ask him about the Hanson's selection of songs, but uh, I did notice the last one we sang. Um, it fits with the intermediate Sunday school lesson to start with too. Also fits with what I have on my notes, and I didn't show them to him. And I'll explain a little bit later. I just I, it. I marvel at the providence of God sometimes um, and the way he works things out. So where's your focus this morning? Do you notice what you sang? It says, The bride eyes not her garment, but her dear bridegroom's face. There's a difference in focus there. I will not gaze at glory, but on my King of grace. There's a difference of focus. Not at the crown he giveth, but on his pierced hand. There's a difference in focus. And I, I thought about this verse up here, too. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of other. There's a focus there. The title I have is Proper Focus, Proper Footing. Now, I don't need to tell you that the kind of weather we've had, sometimes footing becomes a problem. And I find that depending on what my focus is as to how treacherous my footing is, um, I don't get around like I did 60 years ago. And uh, my footing isn't as sure as it was then, but I still find out that if I am scared to take that next step, I'm more likely to slip and fall. We could, you could probably think of some people that were doing things that are fun and are suffering from it today. I think there's some early to middle-aged people today that are suffering because they went ice skating and <laughs> they didn't stay on their skates. wasn't necessarily because their focus wasn't right, though. Good many years ago, I thought I had a good focus when I was going to be nice to my milk truck driver one freezing rain night, and I stepped out on the corner of the skid loader bucket like we had many times. I had a proper focus. I was going to do things right. But before I knew anything was happening, I was getting up off of the ground. And I'll tell you one thing. 
people have people can tell you how to fall okay now that was I was uh, what in my 40s probably when this happened and I probably am not very good at falling but if somebody would tell me that in relation to that particular fall I would tell them they don't know anything about slipping on a steel skid loader bucket and falling because there's no time to think about how you're going to fall. You're there before you know you're falling. Saw somebody walking in a store just the other day. Doing like this. They didn't know where they were putting their feet. I've seen people doing it on the street. Now, no, it's, and the message isn't about focusing on cell phones and walking out in front of somebody, okay? But when our focus is not right, then our footing is unsure. I still think back, I worked for one winter in South Carolina, and South Carolina winters are not as cold and snowy as they are here. And it's no secret to you all that I'm afraid of heights. I enjoy putting roofing on. I, I enjoy putting shingles on. But one day we were on a roof, and it wasn't, I didn't think that terribly steep. And, of course, shingles have a little grit on it. And my foot slipped a little bit. I was done. Rest of the day, I had to work from a sitting position. And you can't be very efficient on a roof if you have to work from a sitting position. When you... I don't go out barefooted much anymore. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I go out a little bit when I've got about two minutes outside. I might not put my shoes on because it's too much bother. But when we were young, we enjoyed walking in the creek. So what are rocks like in a creek? They're covered with this whole slimy substance that are it's difficult to walk on. And this, this one might be a little bit amusing, but I, I used to do a bus trip to Bedford, Pennsylvania. And there's a town up there close that we would go through that's called Slippery Rock. But there was one man that, and I, he, he said, well, that's, you went through Slimy Pebble. Well, you watch where you're stepping if you're stepping on rocks that have a moss on them that is not very sure footing. So I want to look a little bit this morning at proper focus, proper footing. Now, you can probably go out and walk in that stream bed if, you're walk, if you walk carefully, but you're focusing on that next step. And when you have that kind of a focus, you can probably get along. 
You can probably get along better than I can. Because my footing isn't as sure as it used to be. I want to look, first of all, at improper focus. And when you have improper focus, your footing is improper, is not stable. Let's look at Psalm 73 a little bit. I'm going to do some picking and choosing of the verses I read. Then we'll come back and pick some of it up for the proper focus. Okay? So I want to start at verse 4 of Psalm 73. Well, the psalmist says this, There are no pangs in their death, talking about the wicked, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. You know people like that this morning? Living a wicked life, but they are healthy up to the day they die. They're not in trouble like other people are. They might live what we would think a clean moral life. They don't have the sicknesses. They're not fighting that cold and headache and whatever else you're fighting, that sore throat you're fighting right now. Verse 6, Therefore pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge out with the bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore his people return here, and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, How does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. You know what the psalmist's response was when he thought like that, when his focus was on the wicked and how they prospered. Verse 2 says, As for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. His focus was not proper, so his footing was slippery. He said, I almost lost it when I looked out there at what was going on. Matthew 14. And this is right after Jesus and the disciples, Jesus fed the 5,000. Matthew 14, 22, after they fed the 5,000, gathered up the baskets, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. 
And Peter answering him and said, answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Peter had a focus. He was out there in the middle of the sea. Peter was familiar with that sea. He was a fisherman. But it says when he saw the waves, he started to sink. He wasn't on sure footing anymore because he had an improper focus. Now go back to Psalm 73. We get to the proper focus, proper footing. Verse 15 reading after where I read earlier. The psalmist says, If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generations of your children. So in other words, if, if I would have talked about how uh, you're not fair and how you're dealing with us or dealing with me because of the difficulties I'm facing, I would have been untrue to your, the generation of your children. Verse 16. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. I'll stop there just a little bit. So you see the picture of a proper focus versus an improper focus? The psalmist says, my feet almost slipped. When I saw all this goodness going on with the wicked, he said, now I see they're the ones that have a wrong focus and their, slippery, their footing is slippery. Verse 19, oh, how they are brought to desolation. As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so, Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. You see, his focus is changing. He's no longer concerned that they're having it so good and I'm having it so tough. He said, I was foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before God. Verse 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed... Those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. When the focus goes back to God and his provision for us, 
then our footing is sure. Going back to Matthew chapter 14 again. Verse 29. Reading that verse again. Jesus' response to Peter when he said, If it's you, tell me to come to you. Verse 29 says, So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And then you have him looking at the waves in verse 30. Verse 31, Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When Peter's focus was changed, he went down. When his focus was on Christ, he could walk on water. I want to pick up some of the good things for the child of God out of Psalm 34. And I'm just going to pick out, I picked out some verses and some parts of verses. Just want to go through it. You're welcome to follow along. I'll tell you when I skip a verse or whatever. Psalm 34 verse 1 says, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. So when you look out there at the prosperity of the wicked, get your focus off of it. Focus on God. He says, don't fret because of them. Don't be envious of them because they're going to be cut down. They're going to wither. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only Do not fret. It only causes harm. Last part of verse 9. Those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Down to the end of verse 17, the Lord upholds the righteous. Verse 18, the Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. The last part of verse 21, the righteous shows mercy and gives for those blessed by him shall inherit the earth. Verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Notice that footing. The steps of a good man are ordered by God because his focus is in the right place. Verse 24, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, 
Yet have not yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore, for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are persevered forever. They are preserved forever. Verse 29, The righteous shall inherit the land and, shall, and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God and is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. When our focus is on God and His Word and doing His will and bringing Him pleasure, we're walking on sure footing. Verse 34, Wait on the Lord and keep His way, and He shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. Verse 37, Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. Verse 39, But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in Him. Proper focus, you have proper footing. We'll read part of Matthew 7, there from the Sermon on the Mount, starting at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, our focus was right. Okay, that's not what it says. Many will say in that to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains descended, rain descended and the floods came. The winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. The focus was right, the footing was right and sure. Verse 26, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I think every time I read that, I'm reminded of a version of the wise man and the foolish man that we sang in chorus years ago with Lloyd Hartzler. And the tune was set up so that when we were singing about the foolish man, uh, it was sort of a mournful sound, wasn't it? You remember that? And it fell. 
something like that. But then when we were singing about the house standing because it was built on the rock, it was a different sound. The focus was different. The footing was different. Last night, about 9.30, I clicked save for the last time before I went to bed. I was talking about the providence of God, okay? And uh, I opened up an email that came from the Secretary of Conference that he sent at 9.37. And I usually, I'm I'm ready for bed on Saturday night. I didn't get to bed very early last night. You see, he sent a link of John Risser's funeral sermon. Any of you heard that? Any of you heard John David's funeral sermon? Well, I got to bed pretty late last night because I listened to it, and I think it was because God sent it then. I, uh, it was a different funeral message because as Dwayne Whitmer put it, John Risser preached his own funeral that day. Because what Dwayne did, he and John developed a relationship through Bible school. The first year, Dwayne was the teacher and John was a student. First time teaching for Dwayne, first time student for John. And they started communicating. And he said, we found out that we both were afraid of each other. Dwayne was afraid of John. John was afraid of Dwayne. But they started talking because they traveled a good bit. They had their Thursday Thursday phone calls. But in 2007, John wrote out some rules for his life. And there was 10 of them. And these 10 rules is what Dwayne used for that funeral message. And I'm going to give you those 10 rules of life that John Risser wrote down 14 years before he died. He had a proper focus. And his footing was proper. These are under the headings, I believe that. Number one, I believe that God is ultimately and supremely in control of what happens to me. And then he had scripture verses for each of these things. Number two, I believe that God has a reason for everything that happens to me. Number three, I believe my choice And how I respond to life's disappointments or unfair treatment will determine whether the outcome will be positive. 
Brother Dwayne did add to that one. That will determine what the outcome is regardless of whether it's negative or positive. Number four, I believe that only through the power of the Holy Spirit will I experience complete victory in my life. Number five, I believe that pride is, I'm sorry, I believe that pride is in my life when I do not accept a circumstance or experience in my life that is less than desirable. Number six, I believe that affluence in my experience will cause feelings of self-sufficiency and discontent which will need to be crucified in order to have victory in the Christian walk of life. Number seven, I believe every human at some point in his life experiences rejection, unfair treatment, or disappointment. Number eight, I believe that if self is my focus, Either physical or spiritual suicide will occur. In other words, we will self-destruct. Brother Dwayne said that basically it means that self-focus kills. Number nine, I believe that to truly experience fulfillment in God's will I will need to be persuaded that God's word has the answers and must grasp a hold of its promises. I want to read that one again because that is proper focus, proper footing. I believe that to truly experience fulfillment in God's will, I will need to be persuaded that God's word has the answers and must grasp a hold of its promises. And number 10, I believe as I allow God to help me respond properly to life's difficulties, sufferings, and disappointments, I will be able to bless and encourage others in their struggles and the trials that they are facing. That was John's rules for life. And they're still speaking today because he had a proper focus and his feet were on the solid word of God. And it's only as our focus is proper that we can be properly established in our walk with God today. So I believe God sent that email out last night and... uh, it took me a while to get those things down because when you try to listen to Dwayne Whitmer and just let the tape keep rolling, it don't work for me because I can't remember. I don't know how many times I had to back up to get the wording right. But John had a focus on God, and it showed in his life. We can have a similar focus, and it'll show in our life as well. Can we have a song, please?